Hey, hi, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to my live stream 500 feet above the streets of New York City as the sun comes over Manhattan. We're live on the Instagram, Opie Radio. We're live on the Facebook, Opie Radio fans. We're live on the YouTube, Opie Radio. We already got Christmas shit all over my house already. I, I don't know. It just seems early. The stupid Christmas trees are all over New York City. Pretty much every block you can get a Christmas tree for, for stupid, I mean, stupid money. It's absolutely insane. And it turns out it's, it's, uh, it's pretty much one company. I thought it was like, I thought it was nice little family businesses like, all right, Will, I'm heading south for the next month to sell Christmas trees so we could uh, put some food on the table. And it turns out it's a giant corporation that uh, is smart. And they hire uh, young Canadians, mostly, to sell their Christmas trees in New York. And they just make a fucking killing. Um, the reason I know this, you know, they, they set up with little vans and little heaters and all these little things. One day I'm up early. You know, I get up early and... Uh, I haven't in a while, but I, some mornings I'll be up at like five and I'll just wander the streets like like a lunatic. And one morning I'm wandering the streets at five in the morning around this time of year. And next thing you know, I saw a giant, I mean a giant tractor trailer with thousands of trees stopping every block to dump trees off for that particular tree stand. I'm like, really, man? I imagine that was just a nice little mom and pop family business. And then, of course, somebody like a, like a Bezos comes along and goes, why don't we take over the Christmas tree industry? So uh, I know it's one giant, uh, giant entity down here in New York. So what's your pie, pumpkin or pecan? Man, what are you talking about? My pie of choice, it's a no-brainer. And no, it's not apple pie. It's not pumpkin pie. It's not pecan pie. Know what it is? It's strawberry rhubarb pie. Up top. I'll fight you on that one. All day long, the strawberry rhubarb. And it's so weird because like the strawberry, like as a standalone pie. (laughs) That's for the Ron and Fez uh, fans out there. The strawberry pie is a standalone. It is way too sweet and it stinks. It's like a giant pop tart with too much filling. But then you like, then you like. Uh, every once in a while, you'll come across some rhubarb. Hey, you want some rhubarb? And you taste that stalk vegetable and it stinks. But you put those two things together and you got heaven. You got heaven in a pie dish. Cheers. Cheers to that. And if you're going to go apple pie, do I have to teach you guys this shit? If you go apple pie, you got to go simple. Knock it off. Knock it off with all the crumbs and everything else you add to your damn apple pie. You got to go nice and simple. Uh, uh, Just a basic apple pie. Then again, I don't really like many foods, so maybe you shouldn't be taking my advice on any of this stuff. <laughs> I, I eat like three things. I, I know this is an older story, but I puked because of that, uh, that Sean Penn. I do believe Sean Penn is a do-gooder. I really do. 
He gets himself into some situations, and he doesn't need to do that shit. He went and saw Zelensky in uh, the Ukraine. <laughs> and uh, and I, he handed him an Oscar, one of his Oscars. And Zelensky was like, he was being polite, but you could, you could tell he's like, I, I need weapons. I need weapons of mass destruction. I need drones. Why are you giving me this stupid Oscar? And it was so awkward. And then Sean Penn had to kind of explain, like, well, I know it's not, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's just symbolic. Cause, uh, and he was just trying to come up with something. And Zelensky's just staring at this thing like, thanks. Why are you giving me your Oscar? Tell the story how you had food poisoning and a duty ball rolled down on your fan. <laughs> Have I told that story in a while? Ah, uh, that fell out of my shorts. Oh, my God. Uh, I like the new video you put out. Which, which video there, Kevin? Is it the Howard Stern one? You're, uh, you're obsessed with... Ho- yeah, I kind of am. Because I think he's a dick and I think he really did some terrible things uh, to me personally. So, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to let it go anytime soon. But I was walking by the plaza and I told the story of um, the time Howard literally pouted in his limo because he found out that me and Anthony were going to one of his press conferences at the, uh, the Park Plaza here in New York City. And our boss came running down to the plaza because... Because Howard called our big boss, Ken Stevens, and was yelling and screaming. <clears throat> and then uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin, then uh, Ken Stevens got his uh, lap boy, Jeremy Coleman, to run down to the plaza and yank us out of there. And we weren't even going to do anything. And Howard was in a limo right out front, pouting. He was so mad. And everyone in, inside the plaza is like, why is it taking so long for this press conference to start? And it turns out the reason was because... Uh, Howard's on the phone yelling at our boss to get us the fuck out of the press conference. And then finally, Jeremy Coleman uh, yanks us out. He's screaming at us. I'm like, what, man? We don't have to be at work right now. This is our lunch. So we decided to go check this shit out. He literally, like, like grabbed us by our ears and pulled us out of the the situation. (laughs) And then we walk out. We walk out of the plaza. And Jeremy did, did at the time tell me why he was there. And there was a giant stretch limo right in front of the plaza. Howard was in there pouting. And then as we were getting pulled away, I took one last look behind me. And sure enough, when uh, we were safely away from Howard in his limo, that big bird walked out of his limo and went into the plaza. I'll tell you, I'll take you inside what happened there. I wanted to say big bird and I wanted to try to add like wig or fake hair. And the kid just didn't have it. <laughs> I just didn't have it at the end. I don't have a problem with Sean Penn because he's a lib. I have a problem with Sean Penn because he's pompous and pretentious uh, twat. Yeah, that came across a little bit when he was handing over his Oscar to uh, Zelensky, thinking and assuming that, my God, who wouldn't want my Oscar? And Zelensky's like, I'm fighting for my life. You know how many people we're burying every day? Can I turn this uh, Oscar into a missile? Because that's what I need here in the Ukraine. Uh, What do you think about that female basketball star on the Russian gulag? I mean, I think she should be released immediately, obviously. uh, I'll tell you what. It it tells you one thing about the the America thing, though. It's, um, you know, as much as we fight with each other back and forth, 
we're not going into some horrendous prison and pretty much eating dog food because we had a little uh, a little residue in a in a, a vape pen that they found at an airport. So as much as uh, this country is exhausting as we fight uh, our politics day in and day out, at least we don't have that garbage happening. So of course she should be released. But then I'm thinking, this is, this is my real thoughts. You know, that, I don't know why, like, I don't know why, like, other, well, this is not a, was I really going to say this is a media outlet? <laughs> I don't know why other media outlets. I got a stupid phone and a, and a MacBook and shitty Wi-Fi because I live in a building where everyone else is trying to use their Wi-Fi and everything is trying to squeeze through a tiny tube. You know, you got to be smart. She goes to Russia all the time. Supposedly she goes in the offseason because the WNBA, they don't, they don't pay their players enough. So these, these uh, athletes, they got to find other ways to make money for their families. And this Brittany Griner, she figured out, well, in the offseason, I could play in Russia. I guess they have some kind of basketball league. And that's how they make ends meet because they just don't make a lot of money. You would think that she's been there a, a bunch of times. You would think she would know their country and their culture. And you would think that, like, for example, if I was going to Russia, holy fuck, I would, I would buy all new everything. I mean, everything. Maybe I stepped in something in New York and it, and it happens to be fucking heroin. And it's on the bottom of my shoes, let's say. And all of a sudden, you're going through a Russian airport. You got heroin on the bottom of your foot because you're fucking were walking on the streets of New York. Next thing you know, you're like, what happened? And you're eating dog food in the middle of Siberia. So my point is with this Brittany Griner, I think she took uh, too much for granted. And she just assumed, I'm good, man. I've been here a few times. Who cares? I got a vape pen. There's nothing in my vape pen. They got her for residue. That's what they got her for. I'm thinking that, man, if you're going there a lot, you really, really should be uh, ultra careful. And that's on her. That part's on her. But with that said, you know, they got their own uh, laws and rules over there in Russia. I don't think it's right, but uh, they're going to do what they're going to do. I was flying home from uh, a Carl Ruiz memorial in Santa Fe, California. And my friend Matt Farah... Uh, from the Smoking Tire podcast, he brought me an insane amount of edibles. An insane. It was when I was kind of dipping in a little more than I do these days. And I'm like, man, that's mighty nice of you. We might have popped one before we went to Guy Fieri's um, housewarming party. Yes, I'm bragging. It was time to fly home. I- I'm not flying to Russia. I'm not flying out of Russia. I'm just flying from stupid San Francisco an airport that I would assume is used to this type of behavior, and coming back to New York City. Guess what? I was so paranoid, not from the actual edible, I was paranoid that I would get caught at the airport and I would get in all sorts of trouble. So I left a giant pile of edibles for the maids in Santa Fe, California. That's my whole point right there. Brittany uh, Griner should have understood how fucking strict they are. Tommy, you don't pompously go into another country with the attitude that you have immunity because you don't. They have laws, and the amount of times you've been there, you should fucking know better. Yeah, 100%. That's what's on her. But with that said, it's pathetic that they're holding her for that. For that. But who knows, man? 
I mean, they know how to crack skulls over there in Russia and keep their people down like they're doing in, uh, in Iran. We're just a speck, just flying all willy-nilly uh, through space, and we can't get along on this goddamn speck. All these dumb groups and religions, they think they know better. Oh, my God. At the very least, we should all believe in the same shit if we're on a tiny speck just hurling through space and time. Are you kidding me? But anyway, I, I'm, uh, I'm applauding what's going on uh, in Iran. Iran so far away. Yes, I see that, uh, Scott and Ellie. I, I ran so far away, but I applaud what's going on in Iran. They're protesting like crazy. They, they've had it. You know, I don't know if a lot of uh, the youngsters know this, but Iran, you can look it up. They were very uh, westernized back in the, uh, I want to say, I need, where are my historians at? I think in the, at least in like the 70s, I think everything started turning around in the early 80s, right? With the Ayatollah. Um, but they were very, very westernized. The women dressed just like our women uh, did in the 70s. They're, they're, I mean, there's pictures online. You can't believe it's Iran. There's women walking around and guys walking around. And it looks like uh, it's hate Asbury. Bunch of hippies just wandering around Iran. And then uh, I think it was the Ayatollah that uh, started cracking skulls and, and uh, brought in all those strict policies and, uh, and how you dress and act. And I think uh, the people that are now in Iran, especially the youth movement, they, they want to go back to uh, that type of shit. They don't want to be uh, kept down by their, their government and their country and their religious leaders. I think I covered all bases with that, right? Yeah, I think so. Do you think Howard Stern is in the closet? If he is, good for him. <laughs> his, I will say this. Over the years, his, uh, his behavior has been suspect. <laughs> a little suspect. Because I don't know. Look, man, I wish I could get in a time machine and talk about this stuff like very openly. But you got to be very careful in 2022. I, I, I could say this much. I don't know a guy that uh, claims to be uh, into women, let's just say, and gets his hair did... Every day by another guy. I, I, I couldn't name one. I couldn't name one. Would you go and do Rogan's podcast? Nah, not at this point. It's easy to say that because I'm not even being invited. But I, I don't really... You know, I was thinking about this this morning. I don't, Joe Rogan. He's not even the best at, uh, at podcasting or radio. But he's the biggest. He's the biggest... And before you, you start yapping, he's good, obviously, but he's, I, I know a, a ton of guys that are better at it than him. Brother Weez up there in Rochester, and, uh, and I would go with uh, Ron Bennington. Um, as much as I hate his guts, I would go with Howard Stern. These guys are better than Joe Rogan, but, uh, you, know, but you can't argue the fact that he's the biggest at it. But when it comes to people that have done this um, their entire lives, like myself, he's, he's not even close to the best at it. We're way better in our prime. I got moments where I'm better. I said moments. Relax. Does Hollywood Bill Burr still uh, talk to the old opster? Yes, we talk from time to time. A text here, a text there. Um, 
Last time I had him on the phone, though, mm, it's, it's probably uh, pushing about a year. But I could literally uh, call Bill Burr right now, and he would pick up the phone. We'd have a lovely chat, and we would laugh a lot. That's, uh, that's the Bill Burr. But, I mean, I, I, I can't oversell it. Like, when he was around and living in New York, it wasn't like we were uh, hanging around a lot. Certainly had uh, some beers here and there with Mr. Burr. But, yeah, he would... There's nothing wrong with Bill Burr. Bill Burr is absolutely amazing. Bill Burr deserves everything he, he has. He's really, really fucking funny. He was really, really loyal to the radio show over the years. And to this day, I don't really bother him. But I know if I pick up my phone and call Bill Burr, he will answer the phone and he will chat and we will have a good time. And that's where we're at, man. Uh, pumpkin pie or sweet potato pie? Where are you from? Are you a time traveler? Oh, I got one more thing. There's a, a video making the rounds. You know, every once in a while, there's a video that pops up and they're like, this proves that there's time travelers. And the latest one, I think it's a video from another country. It's a video from um, around World War II. And there's a guy, it's a group of people, you know, outdoor setting, I believe. And there's a guy in the background. And uh, he's like this. And they're like, holy crap, he's on a cell phone in, in, in 1940. I think it was 1943, I think. And then, you know, everyone's like online, like this proves it. The, the thing went pretty much viral. It turns out there's an explanation for all these videos. Although there's been a couple that are a little creepy. I got to find that one that was really creepy where the lady's walking through it like and it looks like she's talking at something. She's holding holding up something. But this one, uh, a closer examination, because you could really zoom in on these photos and everything, right? Uh, there was a time you really couldn't, and that's what made this all this stuff very uh, mysterious. But nowadays, not so much. It's like, hey, idiots, all you idiots that were like, here's a time traveler, and you're like sending it to all your friends and posting it on your stuff. Turns out the guy was just itching his ear. So, you know, they're taking a picture, and he's like this. That is the itching of the ear. That's how you itch your ear. But, and it looks like, you, you know, if it's an angle like this, it looks like you got a damn cell phone up to your ear. Pumpkin pie looks like, uh, <laughs> like 2D. <laughs> it stinks. Pumpkin pie stinks. It's, it's uh, look, if pumpkin pie was so damn good, right, wouldn't we be eating it all year long? When you only eat certain things around the holidays, you, it's the foods we've already decided isn't that good. That's why we only eat turkey once a year. Who in their right mind actually eats another turkey bird, not a turkey sandwich, not talking turkey and Swiss with a big fat tomato, not talking that. I'm talking a traditional turkey that you got to throw in the oven who in their right mind does that when it's not thanksgiving i would say nobody same with the pumpkin pie you go to a restaurant they bring over the dessert menu you know they got apple pie all year long but uh they don't they don't offer pumpkin pie get the hell out of here and you know my other brother brett the chef one year I roll up to his house for Thanksgiving. 
you know, couldn't stay in the house because I'm deathly allergic to cats. So I spend most of my Thanksgiving in the yard with the smokers, even though I don't smoke. But I'll tell you the one thing about my brother's uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, we roll in. We roll in. I go, what do you need? He goes, I don't need shit. Just come on over. And I roll into his house. His turkey was an aside. It was like, oh, yeah, it's Thanksgiving. So there's, a, there's, there's the turkey. And it's like in a dark corner of the room. <laughs> and Noah was being lit up by God himself. Oh, prime rib. Prime rib. And a filet. He goes, dude, this is how you do it. For the knuckleheads that want their stupid turkey on Thanksgiving, it's over there. The damn turkey looks so so sad, hiding in the shadows. Kind of like uh, buried with all the sides as an afterthought. And right there in the middle of the table was prime rib. That's how you do Thanksgiving. Oh, what do you think about weed? You do not like it because you are a jock. Oh, God. I, I, I have dipped uh, back into the weed here and there. The microdose uh, speaks to me. It's just a little taste. And I have a friend, and I'm not going to... I don't think I'm going to do it. I got... I got uh, are you allowed to say this? I think you're allowed to say this. Let's just put it this way. I got, uh, I got two friends. Yes. Friends that you'll never... Oh, no, you, want, you know one of them. Um, but I have friends that you'll never meet, that I'll never mention by name or really even talk about that much. They, they grow their own mushrooms. Yes. In their house, in a closet. And they're trying to talk me into microdosing um, mushrooms. I'm like, dude, I know I play young, but I'm not. I'm too old for, for shrooms. <laughs> I'm not going to fucking start... I'm going to start microdosing shrooms. Are you crazy? The whole idea that jocks don't smoke pot is BS. All the uh, prob footballers do it for pain management and because it's fucking awesome. But yeah, man, the NBA, um, I don't know where they're at with that shit these days. It doesn't seem like they test for drugs that much anymore. You don't hear about it. But the NBA absolutely had a, had a marijuana problem. Those guys were definitely smoking up. And, and, and supposedly, yes, a lot of them were doing it for pain management. Shrooms fucking rule, 70 Sue says. Should I dip? But then I'm like, how do you know what a microdose is? You literally are like, you literally sell trees and shrubs and you're growing shrooms in your closet. Are you a, are you a, are you a scientist? Do you know what you're doing? Where I could try a little microdosing. Uh, agree. No shrooms for us old guys, Bob Lord says. <laughs> I only did shrooms a couple times in my life. That's it. That is it. And I, I heard raindrops hitting individual uh, uh, blades of grass at a jazz festival. That was my shrooms experience. And I loved it. I like this guy. Black Polo O. Oh, what's good? Don't do LSD. <laughs> God, no. The LSD scared me. I, I figured if I uh, did LSD, I would be that guy that, uh, you know, never comes back. Think dude from Pink Floyd. I would be that guy. I had friends back in the day at my fraternity that loved their LSD. Um, 
And our fraternity house was um, in the middle of a residential neighborhood in Geneseo at the top of the hill. 72 Center Street. If you want to look it up on the Google, you can look at my fraternity house. And you might go, holy shit, his fraternity is now abandoned. No, that's exactly how it looked when I went there. It hasn't changed at all. And after the bars closed, we'd all walk back up to the fraternity house. And in the middle of winter, it was a brutal, cold walk. And I had a friend. He was really, really intelligent, really, really smart. He ended up moving to, I think, Australia to teach English, was it? I, I forget. But he, he moved. He's out of here. Uh, he, uh, he, 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 <laughs> I don't, he loved Black Sabbath. He loved his acid. And don't judge me. He loved to burn Bibles in the middle of the street in the residential neighborhood. And so you'd be walking um, back from the bars. I, look, this happened more than once. It wasn't like he was doing this every weekend, but it definitely happened more than once. And there's, uh, oh, I almost said his name, in the middle of the street yelling and screaming. He's in the middle of a trip, and he started a little campfire in the middle of the street, and, uh, and he was burning Bibles. <laughs> The cops never came because it was it was uh, college. It was fraternity living back in uh, the late 80s. Uh, you had Jimmy on the show. Was he the whole? No, no. When Jimmy knew his role on the Opie and Anthony show, he was absolutely amazing. He was absolutely amazing. And then, you know, he had a master plan to completely take over the whole O&A world. And uh, congratulations. Cheers to Jim Norton. He, he figured it out. He figured out how to push everybody out. And just sit there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was that was <laughs> that was supposed to be a moment. I take my little shot and then I take my sip of coffee and I just spilled it all over my chin. Big fan of the old show. Nothing but love and respect. Right on, Black Polo O. First time at acid, I bought two tabs from a guy in his car outside a public swimming pool. I just sat tripping, listening to Sabbath and the dead with all my friends laughing our heads off. That, that sounds beautiful. If I, if I was guaranteed that, Jay Warren, I would, I would have absolutely tried. But I, my head goes right to, I'm going to be the dude from, um, from Pink Floyd. Hello from Russia. Oh, shit, he is from Russia. Look at that. Man, why, why is it that Russia, right? You look... And you think that's English. And then you're like, okay, it's English, but my eyes suck. So then you start squinting so all the letters will come into focus. And then guess what? They never come into focus. And why the backwards are, Russia? Cheers. Um, I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. I had, I had an absolutely amazing um, Thanksgiving. Um, we decided that we weren't going to host this year. And... Um, I got to tell you, when you don't host Thanksgiving and you go to someone else's house, it kind of doesn't feel like Thanksgiving. I think I think to have a, a true Thanksgiving experience, you have to <laughs> you have to suffer through the whole process, meaning going to two or three supermarkets, going to get a pie somewhere, going to a seafood restaurant to get some appetizers, cooking all day long, maybe starting the night before. Preparing the meal, slaving through uh, the cleanup, 
And then as you sit down on the couch, completely exhausted, you're like, damn, that was a good Thanksgiving. But this year, uh, we decided not to host. We went to my brother's house and everything was prepared for us. We just had to roll in. My job was to get four pounds of shrimp and some cocktail sauce for an appy. So I just uh, I had a bag of shrimp that was um, that was filled with ice to keep it nice and chill. And I walk into my brother's house and I'm like, here's your shrimp. Bam. And I dropped it on the uh, on the, the counter next to all the other appetizers. And that's all I had to do for Thanksgiving. That was it. And um, I'm not going to lie to you, man. It kind of felt weird that we weren't involved in the whole damn process. So and the day started because we decided we weren't going to go out to the beach so we're just laying around yesterday waiting to go to my um, my brother's house. I, I got the shrimp, so there was nothing else I had to do. And all of a sudden, the night before uh, Wednesday, I get, uh, I get a text message from the NY Payday. You're looking at a guy that completely, and I mean completely, supports the police. Cheers. Oh, there's some problems here and there, of course. But we need to support the police. So cheers on that. And I know a lot of NYPD guys, a lot. It goes way, 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 way back. So on, um, on Wednesday, I think this particular person, he, uh, he checks out my stuff and he saw that I wasn't going to be at the beach and I was going to be in the city for, for Thanksgiving. He's like, dude, you want to come to the, the Thanksgiving Day Parade? And I'm like, hell yeah. My kids are at that age, man. They're 12 and uh, 10, perfect ages. He goes, I got you. I'm like, what do you mean you got me? He goes, show up at 8 o'clock. Uh, I will grab you. I'm going to uh, take you away from all the crowds because uh, the streets line up like 10, 10 people deep for the whole parade route. It's like, it's like millions. I mean, millions of people are checking out that parade every Thanksgiving. And he goes, no, I got you. So we roll up right around eight o'clock. He sees me. I don't want to tell. Uh, I don't want to say which NYPD guy it is. And uh, he grabs us. He goes, come with me. And they had, they had a whole area right around, uh, right around the Ghostbusters building for the people that have been following me in the last few weeks. Uh, I got a wonderful video on all my socials of me sneaking into the Ghostbusters building. You, you can check it out. It's, it's on the TikTok. It's on the Instagram. It's on the Facebook. It's on the YouTube. But anyway, um, they set up pretty close to there, right? And all of a sudden, there's food trucks, there's coffee, there's hot chocolate, there's like breakfast stuff. He's like, well, first of all, you can come into this area and get whatever you want, eat whatever you want. And there's a, a lot of NYPD and their families and I lean down to my son. I go, uh, we're in the safest place in New York City right now. I go, every single one of these guys and gals, they all have guns. <laughs> and one of the things they were doing, the one guy brought me and my family there. But then when I was there, I, I knew other NYPD. So I was, I was, I was just rolling up to the, the guys I knew. And I said, can you show my son what you're, what you're packing? And they're all like, yeah, sure. I got this. And then I got a second gun in case they grab this one. I got one in my crotch. I'm like, holy shit. And then they got him in their socks and everything else. I'm like, we're, we're pretty safe today, kids. And then my friend, he's like, uh, you know, the parade doesn't start for a half hour, 45 minutes. He's like, you could just, you could go wherever you want. And I'm like, can I just like 
go through the barricade and just hang out in the street? And he's like, yeah. So I'm walking up and down the street. And a few people looked at me because I got a little too far from my, my, my zone. And then my friend's like, he's good, he's good, let him be. And I'm just wandering around uh, before the parade starts in the middle <laughs> in the middle of the street, taking videos, taking pictures. Uh, Opie endorses guns, a tear is in Ant's eye, and Kumia, Kumia's heart grew this three sizes larger. Uh, all right, thanks. Thanks, uh, Thomas uh, McNulty. I have nothing to do with Anthony and nothing to do with Jim Norton. Jesus Christ. And I do support the cops. But I also think there's way too many guns in America. But I also think it's too late to try to figure that crap out. That's it in a nutshell. Um, but anyway, uh, but it was glorious. I want to thank the NYPD for reaching out and thinking of me and my family and, uh, and giving us an experience. I even wrote the guy back. I go, dude, I just want you to know, man, you know, you do these type of things for people. Um, I wasn't the only one. He had other people that he was taking care of yesterday. And I go, I just want you to know you're you're thinking of others and you're showing them uh, this this awesome, awesome day. And I just want to let you know that you just gave me and my family a memory for life because I, I don't give a crap about the um, the Thanksgiving Day parade. But watching it with my kids from the front row, the balloons were as big as a fucking tree going by your face. It was way cooler to see it um, live than on on uh, on, two, uh, on TV. Excuse me. Um, the parade, checking out the parade that way was just so cool. I mean, it. You know, when you go through life, a little spirituality right here, a little living in the moment here, which I think is very very important. I think most people are incapable of living in the moment, and I understand. You know, life has a way of just beating the shit out of you, where every moment you're stressed and you have anxiety, and you're thinking of uh, all sorts of stuff that could go wrong, that is going wrong. But man, every once in a while, you gotta be aware enough to realize, oh my God, this is a moment we're living through right now, and that was yesterday. I told my kids after we left, it was a perfect day. Perfect. The hot chocolate, the coffee, the anything we wanted to eat, the front row at the parade, uh, glorious weather, no winds, like 60 degrees out, beautiful, uh, sunny day. Like if, like if today was Thanksgiving, it would have been a completely different story, obviously, right? And as we're walking home, I'm like, I hope you guys remember this day because this is one for the record books. This is one of those days you should be remembering, God, 20, 30 fucking years from now when I'm long gone. We had a moment today, and I said, if we if we try to do this same thing next year, it won't even come close to what we experienced today. And I think, I think a lot of people take a lot of that shit for granted. But man, when you're living, when you're when you know you're living in the moment, and it's rare, you can't, you know, the the goal. I think if you're really into spirituality, oh my god, I'm getting really spiritual right now. Um, is to try to live in the moment as much as possible. And I know that's extremely hard, but at least realize when there's an obvious thing you're doing that you're in the moment and take it all in. I didn't think about shit yesterday. I mean, literally nothing. Boo, 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 boo. <laughs>